0: Hey, everybody, welcome to uh, the Built for a Purpose podcast. Today is an amazing day. I've got a very special guest, uh, uh, someone that's turned into a friend of mine who has been just a tremendous blessing to me on my walk with Jesus, and, and someone that uh, I admire very much and was uh, willing and gracious to come down to the studio today some, uh, and spend some time with us. Uh, today, we have uh, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff with us. And if you don't know who Pastor Dwayne Sheriff is, today is gonna be a treat for you. Uh, Pastor Dwayne Pastors Victory Life Church started out in Oklahoma, Durant, Oklahoma, I believe, and we'll unpack uh, all the different um, locations that they're at. But now they're in Woodland Park, uh, Colorado and expanding beyond. He has Dwayne Sheriff Ministries, which is an absolute treasure trove of content. Uh, in just just in multiple areas, uh, Pastor Dwayne's revelation on um, identity and others, uh, just other areas, is just incredible. And so I am so excited that we're going to be able to unpack some things today uh, for you about multiple things. One, your calling and your purpose, and, and realizing um, who you are and and how God built you and how He specifically designed you uh, in your call and purpose, but also you know how identity plays into that, and, and just multitude of other things that we're going to unpack today. So I cannot wait. Uh, for this podcast. This is going to be amazing. Uh, But without further ado, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff, for inviting me. It is a A blessing to be on. I want to do something. You may edit this. You may have to take it (laughs) out. Fair enough. But uh, I need to apologize to every car salesman on the planet. (laughs) This is my this is my chance for redemption. Uh, All over the years, I have made fun of car salesmen, and and it's not anything personal. But I make fun of preachers too, uh, and lawyers at times. But I would make comments about Jacob, and I I would talk about Jacob being the first car salesman in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And of course, I get a good (laughs) laugh. of it and I mean it in 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 goodwill. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to meet you, to be a part of your life, to see your ministry, to see your business and how you run your business. Uh, your employees, I've met many of your employees and I see their heart for the Lord. I I can see the integrity, and and that's why you're successful and and will continue to be so, is surrounding yourself because that's a part of a business model that you have to surround yourself with good people. Mm -hmm. And I see that you've done that, and that's a biblical principle. Uh, But just to see not only your business prosper and be such a blessing when you come into your car lot... Uh, into the um, um, area, the car salesman area. It's warm, it's friendly. And then to know you personally, you know, people talk about preachers a lot of times, that especially public preachers like myself that's on television, uh, that they seem to be something different behind the scenes that's right. than they are, you know, in the, in the, in the podium, the, the podium persona versus the personal. Well, uh, business is no different. A lot of people come across in business as being something they're not personally, and uh, you're the real deal, dude. And well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate well, that about you.
0: So I, I listen. I, I actually, in Bible college, I wrote a sermon to all of the preachers who use car guys as an example. <laughs> I'm like, someday I'm gonna pull this out of the closet and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, use you it. Need to mail um, it to me. And so, well, and and I, I appreciate that so much. And I in and, and for a long time, I was that guy that lived a double life. I think people would have actually been been shocked to know I was a Christian, to be really candid with you. And yeah. When I really got turned on to the Lord and God got a hold of me, um, and I really found um, that He had a call and a purpose on my life that mattered. Yeah, I mattered to Him. He loved me, and I was His beloved, and that He wanted to use me. And He wanted, He gave me a word years ago. He said, "People are going to eat off the fat of your land." Amen. And that's I'm like, and that's a good place to be. And so um, that's that's been uh, a word that has been um, played out, and I and I see it, but. You know, the other part of it, too, is is that God has brought the people that—and that, that uh, and you've met some of them earlier—that yeah, are absolutely like literally pastoral-level yeah. integrity people yeah. that are here running this organization yeah. to allow me to do stuff like this and to really fulfill well, God's call. Uh,
1: uh, again, that's a necessity, and that's a biblical principle. And we tend to, at least in the past, I think we're seeing a true uh, awakening in Amen. the body of Christ, the business community— uh, where we're not separating uh, spiritual from secular, mm-hmm. that that you don't you don't do that, and many times even good Christian businessmen and women, uh, business was separate uh, from their from even their spiritual life instead of incorporating the two, and just like in ministry, I have to have people God sends to me, God joins mm-hmm. to me to fulfill my purpose. Uh, a businessman or woman is the same thing. You you have to have God appoint and anoint people Amen. in your weaknesses, in your your limitations. We're all human. We have our strengths. We have our weaknesses, and, and grace fills human weakness. Well, there's a grace in your employees mm-hmm. that fills human weakness in your life. It's not just grace in me and Jesus directly that fills all my human weakness. No, there's a grace in you that when I submit to it, it feels a human weakness in me, Amen. and that's when we all prosper. Mm-hmm. The church prospers, uh, the business community prospers, uh, society, thank God, prospers. Mm-hmm. When you when you combine uh, king and priest, you know the the anointing uh, of the priest, the church, the pulpit with the king, the rulers, the business community. Now you you have a, a social structure that's productive. It's 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 moral. It it has values and integrity and strong relationships on every level. So I guess I, I kind of yeah. went off a little bit, but I no. see that in your business. No, I,
0: really what it is, is when, when, what's resonated with me when you're saying that is Paul saying, like, how can the ear look at the eye? Like, how can the elbow yeah. look at the foot? Like, how, how can we yeah. look at these different parts yeah. of the body and say that I don't need you? Like, you, I don't need this part of my, or or, or that we, we tend to overlook yep. some of the things that we're really good at um, or things that we're not good at we, we need to recognize that where faith interacts with our daily operation is where we start believing that God's going to bring the right people. Yeah. Because when you start saying, okay, well, the call and the purpose on my life is so much bigger than me. Like if I'm going to believe what you're saying right now about yeah. what we're going to do, and I'm sure we'll be able to unpack some of the things that, that God's done in, in your life and your ministry and walking through these things. But... But when you look at it, you're like, I can't fulfill that. I think if he showed you everything, you probably would have just died, oh, right, at 20 years old <laughs> or whatever you just say. There's, you yeah. know, but he unpacks it and he shows it to us as it unfolds. But when when God fills a void that you have in your, uh, I'm not built as a real organized person. I don't like structure. I like just gunslinging. But <laughs> I know that we can't ultimately go where God's calling us to go if we don't have people that love structure that are passionate about structure. And so he'll bring them. He'll bring the right Absolutely. people. And that's that is so powerful when and and I think it's a lot for people that are listening who are trying to say, "Hey, I want to step out of the boat. I want to move to that next season. I, I I feel that God's calling me to do something, but blah 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 blah." All these different reasons why it can't happen or or, or I, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have the influence, whatever. Um there's a million reasons of why you can't, but you know, it depends on how you're looking at it, right? if it's but God, as opposed to but all these circumstances, then God can show up and do amazing things. And so I think, I think ultimately that's what you're, you're hitting on too, is, is that, you know, it takes faith and grace and faith to really go where God's Absolutely. calling you to go.
1: Well, and, and you don't ever live life on purpose till you discover you have yeah. purpose. That's right. Uh, and so many people, because they don't know who they are, they can't, they can't seem to find that place of doing because all doing that's with passion, excitement, uh, anointing comes out of being first. Uh, when you're doing to be, you're miserable. Mm. But when you see who you are, that you were made for this, you were created for this, there's a there's a rest. There's mm-hmm. a peace. There's a yielding to God, and, and you become productive, and you become like a magnet. You know, you are one of those people too that... You want to be around. It's like you said. You know, I took my Monday and I came down here, and well, if you hadn't been somebody, I want to be around. I probably wouldn't have done it. But you, you have that because you have passion. See, when you're when you're living on purpose with your purpose, there's a passion. Hmm. There there's an energy level. You know, people talk about. Well, I'm just so tired. Dear God, dude, you're 20 years old. What right. do you mean you're tired? Yeah. Uh, when you have a purpose and you see your purpose vision. And purpose are similar. Mm-hmm. There's just a passion. There's an energy. There's a there's an excitement. There's a I can't wait to get up attitude. Versus when you don't have purpose and you don't know who you are, there's not enough money in the world to fill that void. There, there's not enough fame to fill that void. Uh, you see, rich people that like yourself at t- at one time you you had and achieved mm-hmm. a, a level of success, but you were empty. Right. You see, famous people. All the success in the world, all the fame in the world and, and name recognition, and they're empty. It's because, man, if you don't get that purpose for life, I'm here for a reason. And it's not just to get rich. It's not just to be known. It's not just to be successful. It is to be a blessing to people. It is to love people. Man, when you get that, it, there's, it, it, that's what the anointing is. People, mm-hmm. they get mystical woo, about the anointing. <laughs> No, the anointing can be on a car salesman, hallelujah. The anointing can be on HR. Your HR department better be anointed or you're going to be in trouble. Uh, And let's go back, Jeff, to um, the body illustration you gave. Again, this is a problem in church culture and with successful people even attending church. Uh, We have to learn to apply the principles of the kingdom at church, not to just church. Mm It is to be taken outside of the four walls. And once you see the body concept for the church and the anointing on each part, the significance of each part, the honoring of each part, uh, I've not been around you a lot, but I have noticed uh, you honor people around you. Uh, This is a biblical principle of success that the anointing flows in from the head is that when you have self-awareness, And you have that. You've developed Mm self-awareness, your conscience of your uh, uh, um, presentation, uh, 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 things around you. That self-awareness is just a vital part to business success. But being self-aware of your employees and their need for honor, their need for recognition, uh, their need to be felt important. That's how you build a successful ministry, but it's also how you build a successful business. Mm-hmm. And the businesses that are prospering right now, they are taking kingdom principles that are eternal, that are non-bias, uh, no, no prejudice. God's Word works for everybody. It doesn't work just for the preacher, and it won't work for the preacher if he doesn't mix faith with it. You know, I've had people say, well, you're prospering, you're a preacher, well, if just being a preacher would make you prosper, how come there's so many broke preachers? That's right. Has that's nothing true. to do with your station. That's right. Has everything to do with your heart, your understanding, and love for God, and thereby then transitioning that into love for people.
0: So let me ask you this, because I think that's all right on. And I and one when, when you're talking about uh, self-awareness and being able to connect with people, right? Because ultimately you're talking about your ability to um, to have a um, an understanding of people and your surroundings and and the atmosphere. Um, And and there's a point where that's, there's a natural ability there, certainly. And, but there's also a a learned ability there. How do you, um, as a pastor of a very large organization, uh, running large organization, how do you let people know that you care at a heart level, like with what you're talking about, but also a degree of separation to be able to have, um, have an appropriate relationship uh, for all for lack no, of better words.
1: It, first of all, it's an excellent question. It's a hard question to articulate, uh, because it can be so easily misunderstood at many levels. But there there is an art to to relational connectivity and a responsibility. You know, Jesus wasn't friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's kind of hard for people to understand sometimes. But he had he had his twelve, uh, but even within his twelve. He had his three, That's right. Peter, James, and John. He had, a, he had a level of intimacy with them and transparency that he didn't even have with the other 12 or group of 12. Uh, then he had the 70 that he sent out. He had a, he had a deeper relationship with them, uh, but not as deep as the 12 and the three. So you do have to learn to, to manage even relationships. And that's probably one of the, the greatest challenges uh, on the ministry side. I don't know how it would be for on the business side. Not, I've not walked in those shoes uh, practically. But in the ministry, you, you have a love for everybody, but you can't be friends with everybody. Yeah. You can't confide in everybody. You can't, while I'm as transparent, I believe, as anybody you'll meet in ministry, I, hear that. Uh, I have my boundaries. Mm-hmm. I have my uh, personal life. That I protect, but that's as much for your sake as my sake. Now we could get into some nuance here now and some depth that I lose all your all your <laughs> listeners. Well, let me let but me
0: just let me just say there this. is a
1: safety in me not getting too close to you that could harm you.
0: One of the areas that is in is in, in order keeping things in order, right? Because yes. what I found is is that when I because I like people and I, and I yeah. want people to know that I like them, absolutely. But it's it. What's what's interesting is they're like, well, now I have access, and so I can circumvent yep. everybody and go directly to yep. Jeff, and then and, it puts they, things in a weird. They spot. do it in
1: the ministry too. Yeah, see, that's not unique to to business, and it's not unique to ministry, and that's exactly some of the issues that would be ha- and have a lot of nuance to it. of Of where are those lines? This is where the Holy Spirit comes in, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to. Uh, uh, um, Uh, have a handicap excuse here and blame the Holy Spirit on something so I can get out of dealing with something, Mm -hmm. even a question. But if everything was black and white and just A and B, then we wouldn't need a Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Why did Jesus give us a Holy Spirit? Because everything's not just black or white. It's not just a matter of, well, what's right, what's wrong. Uh, There are rights, there are wrongs, there's moral and immoral, but there are, are nuances and, and gray in navigating what's right and wrong relationally. And you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And many times I've over overrode that and got bit. Uh, <laughs> other times I've yielded and 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 it's come around and yeah. I can see the wisdom on me not sewing too intimately with mm-hmm. that particular individual. Uh, you know, in the ministry, it's Dwayne said. It's the Dwayne said usurping the chain of command yep. and, and the divine order of things. There's order to everything and structure to everything. Business has to have a structure and an order uh, and a flow chart, uh, and ministry has to have it too, and, and relationally can get muddled where people will usurp as you said that and in our world it's Dwayne said i don't know how yeah. it works in no, the it's, business it's, world it literally is the uh, exact
0: same it, it, it's jeff said or yeah. I, i'm going to just go around to to jeff or whatever and, and and sometimes i know sometimes just mom versus dad type stuff but what's interesting is you bring back talking about jesus um which is a good thing to talk about in the purpose podcast but uh <laughs> you know jesus when i when i've i read the gospels sometimes i'm like man jesus that sounds really harsh like wow he's so blunt you know he
1: can do
0: it he can be he can be right and so and so i've learned like sometimes i just need to be really honest i need to be truth and love and just tell them look and and i've had people um speak to me that way i i do think um you know there's this this toggle between uh you know, the Holy Spirit speaks the word, right? We know that the Holy Spirit's always going to be speaking what the Bible's speaking, right? It's going it, to, it, there's going to be a, a, a weight to it and you can test it by, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling me this and I know that because it's true in the word, right? Th- right. Th- that's that's accurate, theologically. Um, but the Holy Spirit helps me navigate through a personal situation, an intimate situation, whatever, where somebody's got a problem, a personal problem, whatever, and it helps you go through that. I don't think it's any different in business or in, in ministry but that that I don't think you sell, speak truth to be harsh to somebody, but sometimes guys come has to come across come across very straightforward in right. order to get a boundary or a cone put in place. Like you got to set up coin, over. cones, yeah.
1: I yeah. you know I, I deal with marriage a lot. I've done a lot of marriage marriage seminars, uh, conferences, and uh, all of us need help in our marriages. I don't care who you are, or where mm-hmm. you are, and so marriages and family has been a, an important part of my ministry over the years. And you, and you have to deal differently with different couples depending on their situation and where they are and their growth curve. Uh, I actually had a situation, I need to be careful here, but I had a situation where there was this man going to leave his wife. And uh, I went to that church and knew of that. And, and I went right up to him and uh, said, you are not leaving your wife. You'd be a fool to leave your wife. Uh, you've got two precious daughters, and God has a plan for them and you and your family, and you're not going to do it, period. That's very strong. And he thanks me to this day. He's That's one awesome. of my best friends to this day. He hugs on me. He loves me. He thanks me. I I didn't realize. I, I've never talked to anybody that blunt, that quick, mm-hmm. didn't soften it, didn't kind of boil the water, and then let's deal with this frog here. Uh, no, but that was the Holy Spirit. He needed that from where he was and that frankness, that, that tough love, mm-hmm. that I love you, I love your wife, I love your kids. You're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Other people, man, I, I have to spend days in counseling to get them to a place to be able to hear clear.
0: Right.
1: Uh, that's the Holy yeah. Spirit. The principles are the same. The truth is the same. It never changes. Mm-hmm. But how we present it to whom we present it makes a big difference.
0: Man, it's so strong, and I, and I believe right now somebody's that's watching this is going through this right now, and and this may be different circumstances, but listen, there's a there's a reality to some of you guys that need to be speaking the truth in love, but also recognizing that it needs it needs to be a timely word too. I mean, you need yeah. to understand Sorry, what God's anyway. telling you to do, and say, listen, a timely word is very valuable, and sometimes it comes across as a rebuke. But also sometimes it's going to come across as putting your arm around somebody and just say, God's calling you further and deeper.
1: Let me say something you never hear. We hear people, yourself, myself, uh, people we listen to uh, mutually, talk about speaking the truth in love, but you never hear a follow-up with, okay, what does that look like? What do you mean in love? Uh, Are you talking about mushy, mushy and just uh, feely, feely? Uh, wokey terminology <laughs> in your presentation, mm. being politically correct, <laughs> uh, uh, all, on and on it could go with the different verbiage. Uh, but what it means to speak the truth in love means that this issue I'm dealing with is not about necessarily right or wrong, uh, me right, you wrong. It's about I care about you. If I'm not mad, you messed me up. You've cost me money with that decision you made, so I'm correcting you. No, that's self-centered. Love right. is not selfish. It's not self-centered. So, love considers the other person. And so speaking the truth in love simply means your whole motive and your and your vision in dealing with something is for truly their sake. I've had to let people go in ministry And to the outside, an ignorant, unlearned, and even immature Christian, it could look like that wasn't love. But what they didn't know is I knew it's better for them not Mm -hmm. to be here. You know, if you're going to work for me, and I know you're this way. You may not know it, Jeff. I may minister to you now and prophesy to you. I'm listening. But you don't want anybody working for you that it's not good for them. Mm -hmm. You don't want anybody working for you that they're not blessed. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. This is the difference in a kingdom-driven business versus just a secular business, you are as interested in their prosperity, in their fulfillment, in their happiness, as you are in your own
0: success. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is I either believe God's sending me the right people or He's not, right? So I, if I believe that God's sending me the right people, then if I have somebody that's going to is supposed to be somewhere else, I have to believe, A, God enough to send them on their way and bless yeah. them, yeah. and then believe God that someone... As good or better is coming in the door to fulfill right. that purpose. It's just stewarding instead of owning, right? If we're stewarding, right. then it's like, well, Lord, send me this person. He's gonna send me Super. someone else, right? We don't
1: own the business. We don't own the ministry. We no. don't own the employees. Uh, we don't own the gifts that God places in our churches or our business. They're they're gifts from God.
0: Man, it's it's so true. And and one of the things that we talked about, you know, privately prior, before we went on here today was uh, a little bit of my story. Most of you guys have heard my story, but. You know, I had a kung fu death grip <laughs> on my finance. I mean, just on yeah. money. I mean, I used to wake up. You're, this is my wife. My wife would laugh. Okay, <laughs> I used to get up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm a believer, right? So I, I'm Christian. I'm born again, but I'm 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 struggling. I'm just I'm, I don't have call purpose. I'm just grinding it, and making money. I used to go in my office at two o'clock in the morning, and I'd get a sticky note out, and I'm not exaggerating you. I would take out a pencil. And I would write down my net worth. This is how much I have in the bank. This is how much I have in cars. how much I have houses, boats. And I'd write it all down. Every day? Mm, two, three times a week because I'd okay. wake up in the middle of the night. And I'd sit, wow. sit in my office and I would take an appraisal of what my net worth was. I'm not I joking don't. you. Wow. And I'd take that now sticky that's note. That's struggling. That's, yeah. the, that's the struggle bus, like I said. And I put, would put it, in my, put it in various places. But just because it made me feel better. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm now was I'm my somebody, hope in right. Jesus yeah. or was my hope in my yeah. bank account? That's right. right. Obviously it was in my bank account. When I got set free from that uh it was so powerful because I went from this just holding yeah. on yeah. to just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll steward this for you. And yeah, we absolutely. had explosive supernatural growth. I that had gotten to a point where that was as far as yeah. I could go. Yeah. And when I did this, and said, okay, I'll just steward it. Because stewardship is like it stewardship is a place of honor. It's a place of respect. It's a place of, of high importance in the kingdom. Right? I'll steward this for you, Father. And then yes. you give me five talents, I'm gonna bring you back ten. I, I'm gonna steward this for you. Like I'm I'm watch I'm the watchman at a gate or whatever. I'm gonna steward this thing. But ownership comes with pressure, anxiety, yeah. stress, yeah. performance, yeah. anguish, all of the things that the world's pushing on you. And I say all that to say, when that revelation happens and you get set free from that, it adds purpose and identity, which I'd love to get into, but it, it adds something that's so much more valuable than yourself because you found that you're so precious. God's found you so precious that I I, I want you, I've put you in this place and this time right now to fulfill on a call and a kingdom purpose. And... When I got some, the funny part of that story, actually my wife cleaned out my office and she found hundreds and hundreds of sticky notes. And she's like, I mean, hundreds of them. It was like a burning, we like, mm. we burned them. We crazy like threw job. them away because we were like, this is crazy. Good job. But anyway, I say all that to say I had completely lost my identity. I yeah. had completely lost yeah. my purpose as a Christian. Yes. Running after the world system on the hamster wheel of, of success. Mm-hmm. And I gave that up, gave that all up to follow Jesus. And I found that he put me in the exact same place that I started in, but just now with an anointing and with a, with a, with a powerful um, calling and an, ide- an identity and a purpose. Would, can you, can you unpack how you minister to people on identity when they come in yeah. and they were yeah. like sticky note, Jeff, yeah. and they walk in, they're like, huh, yeah. and you, do you start off by just Starting to chisel away at the oh, yeah. lies, or how, how do you start to how do you start to administer identity?
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's just so. Again, it's back to the setting I'm in. It depends on the setting and who I'm speaking to and what their need is. But you need to go back to things you said that every businessman and woman can get in that trap, even if they're Christians and pastors can get in that same trap. No doubt, yeah. Even called to the ministry. Of where you find your value. Uh, there's a difference between being a convert. You were a convert, mm-hmm. but you were not a disciple. Amen. That's right. You were not a disciplined follower of, of Jesus. And you call it the hamster wheel. I love that. I call it the cycle of the living dead. The cycle of the <laughs> living dead. We get up to go to work, to make money, to get things, to go to bed. To get up, to get money, to get more things. Yep. It's just a cycle of the living dead. And and you nailed it, actually. I, I'm sure you know you nailed it. Uh, and if, if you're if giving presentations, you need to, if you don't know how good you just did, oh, you well, need to remember and <laughs> write it down and do it that way. But you, you hit the nail right on the head. You, you went right to the source of the problem. You were finding your value and worth in success, notoriety, and things. The cycle of the living dead. That's that right. is the cycle of the world. Uh, and there's no fulfillment in that. There's no satisfaction in that ultimately. It's just a cycle of the living dead. Uh, and so you're, you're getting up. At, think about that. You're getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Here's all my assets. Here's all the... I'm somebody. Mm-hmm. I have worth. I have value. Look at me. Your self-awareness and evaluation, identity, was, was focused on things, material gain. And what broke that was the understanding of wait a minute, wait a minute. This does not define who I am. This does not define my value and my worth. You know, what makes something even valuable? Uh in the world it's it's how much you're willing to pay for it. How much it cost. That that's value. That's you right. know, yeah. at Walmart, this cost 50 it, yeah. bucks. At uh, another another retail story it's five hundred dollars. Where you're writing checks for ten thousand dollars for clothes, <laughs> yeah. I'll let that go. Whoops. But <laughs> the bottom line is value. What we place on value. Well, what determines value in the business community? Uh, it's the it's the free market with uh, uh, supply and demand. Uh, well, when it comes to who you are as a person. You have to discover your value uh, in the cross and in what God paid for you. How much is Jeff worth? If you to ask me, Dwayne, I've I've got all these sticky notes, and this says how much I'm worth. How, how, how do you see that? And how much would you say I'm worth in in comparing to even other businessmen? I would look at I would have looked at you like I have businessmen and smiled and said. Dude, you, you have underestimated your value here yeah, right. deeply, and you're, you're caught up in this, and, and that's what you think you're worth, and you think that's going to even fulfill you? No, dude, you're worth the blood of Jesus. Right. Jesus, God sent Jesus, and he shed his blood for you. That's how much you're worth. The other thing uh, we find value in, in the business community and the kingdom, um, is, is unique, our uniqueness. How many of us are constantly wanting to be like somebody else, Imic somebody else, imic, is that the right word? Imitate, Imitate yes. someone else uh, for success or for value. A- and yet it's the opposite in the kingdom and, of and God. That's true. You know, I like antiques. Uh, I have a few in my yard. Yeah,
0: look at you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a living antique. What are you talking about?
1: Um, but the thing I don't like about antiques is the cost. Yeah. And I was in an antique shop one time. And the Lord spoke to me, and and asked me, "Why is that so expensive?" And and I, I'm sitting there processing rarity. You know, if there's a hundred right. wagons, if there's a hundred wagons in the world. Uh, they're going to be really expensive, pricey. Yeah. But what if fifty of them burn up in a fire? More expensive. More expensive. What if it gets down to ten? Very expensive. If, if it gets down to one, you and I can't afford it. Right. So, it's uniqueness. It's not function. That antique is dysfunctional, Mm -hmm. but yet it's worth this much money. It's rarity. There's nobody like Jeff on the planet, and I'm not talking about after the flesh. I'm talking about after Christ. After the flesh, there's nobody like Jeff. That can produce pride. But after Christ, there's nobody like you. There's nobody anointed like you. There's nobody that can fulfill God's will like Jeff can. You suddenly find purpose and value and esteem and honor in God and how God sees you.
0: You know, I, I, when I was talking to uh, a previous guest, uh, Brant Epperhart, we were talking about uh, the, the, a scary prayer is to pray, God, show me who I am and how much You love me. Yeah. And that's where my that's where my journey started, right? Because yeah, I was in absolutely. such a mess. And what it what it produced was a weighted value to exactly what you're talking about. Like there there is a specific aroma, a specific thing that I possess that God put in me to mm-hmm. do a specific work in a specific place in a specific time. And I think what I struggled with and maybe you can maybe you can speak to this is when you say the blood of Jesus on the cross, I think everybody that's born well everybody that's born again has had a revelation of that and they put their faith in Jesus. But from that point to actually going to my day job there seems to be a that's chasm right. in between right. the blood of Jesus to my day-to-day practicality. Yeah. That's been a journey for me. It's been a 6-year journey and I'm still growing on that journey, but it's and there's been amazing revelations during that time. But I I want to hear from you from someone that understands identity. How do you how do you um how do you work through that process between I think a lot of people are like I love Jesus, but I'm way over here in the weeds. And how do you start to bridge that gap of of really to find a purpose to bridge that gap in your identity of who God sees you See how God sees you and how valued you are, like you mentioned, to my day to day. It's Tuesday morning and I got a whole lot to do today. Like that's, and it's a loaded question, it's a big question, but how do you start to extrapolate that and yeah. start to minister into those different
1: areas? Well, uh, it is, but I'm going to oversimplify it for right. you probably. Uh, and if it's too simple, just keep pushing my buttons okay. and I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> uh, but the bottom line is your focus. The, the, the light of your body, Jesus said, the light of your body is your eye. If your eye be single, then your body shall be full of light. Mm-hmm. But if your eye be evil, then your body will be full of darkness. Then he makes a profound statement. How great, you know, is that darkness right. for a child of light? There's no greater darkness mm-hmm. than a Christian in the darkness. That's right. Uh, someone who's a child of darkness in darkness, that's no mystery. Right. That's no great feat. The, uh, but for a child of light to... To be in darkness, that, that darkness can become very great. So what happens is we, we don't discipline our minds to stay focused. And I'm not talking about being religious. This is where I could get into the weeds again and nuance. I'm not talking about being religious, but I'm talking about am I going to focus on what men say about me or think about me and their honor or lack of honor, or am I going to focus on what God says about me and his honor to me? And that is the transformation the Christian is going through is the focus going back and forth. That it, it, How can you believe, Jesus said in John 5, how can you believe, how can you be a person of faith if you seek honor from men That's right. and you don't seek the honor that comes from God and God only? It doesn't mean we don't receive uh, honor in the sense of it, somebody honoring us, we acknowledge it, but I'm not looking for it. I'm not seeking it from you. I'm seeking it from God. So if I get it from you, but I'm seeking it from God, I stay humble. But if I'm seeking it from you and I don't get it from you, I get discouraged. I get dismayed. I I get feeling inferiority, complexes, mm-hmm. all of these things that that used to overwhelm me.
0: Man, brother, uh, me too. I, I just don't
1: even hardly struggle with them anymore. Uh, but it, it's it's from security and focus. And you can stay focused and do your job. Uh you know, people say, well, you're a preacher. You can stay focused. I'm a businessman. I got I to gotta get these cars sold. I got to get this staff. You know, like preachers don't do anything but sit around and hum all day. Uh, no, uh, whether you're a preacher or, or, or a businessman or woman, focus simply means I'm interpreting everything that's going on around me in the light of how God views me in this and the situation. It's just focus. It doesn't mean I'm dysfunctional now. i got to be spiritual, again, and hum in the corner, and I can't do my job. Uh, you know, people say, well, you get paid for a living. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're right. good for nothing. Uh, no, you're good for something. All of us are good for something. And, and you can work all day and worry. I know people that work all day and they worry. Well, why can't you work all day and think of God and have
0: faith And and peace with God. Mostly because I think the culture. There's two things. One, I think it's, I think it's baggage, emotional baggage, and it's and like and I'll explain that how I why I feel that. And I also think the culture is at war against the kingdom of God. And so you've got an absolute like everything that you just said. The the world looks at it exactly flip flopped. Right. That's right. I'm looking to be famous in order to get the praises of men so I can feel better about myself. Amen. And, and usually the issue back there inside of that is to fulfill some other dysfunction that's been dormant or lying around or under the surface for a long time. For me, I was a people pleaser. And so, and, and I was told a lot growing up, like my brother was the, you know, super duper athlete, super duper, um, uh, in uh, you said something the other day on an interview that made me laugh. You said uh, I don't do grammar well or good. You should have said good. You <laughs> said well. Anyway, um, uh, education. Why he was he was I don't know if he was a or whatever he was. And same with my sister, extremely good athlete, very smart. And they were like, and then we'll see about Jeff. Right? <laughs> we'll see what happens with Jeff. Yeah. But I was always yeah. I was always yeah. built even as a little kid. Um, street hustler was probably a little strong, but I was like was i was pretty good at at being able to um get what i wanted but what how the point of that is is that when i got older and people and, and everyone's like we'll see about jeff we'll we'll see about jeff we'll see how he turns out what ended up happening was well, i got a chip on my shoulder and i turned into i'll show everybody yeah that sure. i'll be what they never said i could be so Amen. by the time i was 30 well, that's the pro- The problem was, is that it was a completely carnal perspective. It right, wasn't. Right. I, I'm going to submit my life to Jesus, and I'm right. going to let him, you know, transform me into somebody. It was, it was completely built on insecurity, and 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 the point of it is that's how I got into the mess I got to because at 30, uh, I'd become uh, wealthy and successful. By 35, by a lot of stands, tremendously successful and I I wasn't happy and I was like uh oh right I had now checked every box that I ever thought I would want to check and I'm like I love my wife I love my kids this isn't what I thought it was a pretty lonely spot to be and that's when I realized I'm not going to do this for another 40 or 50 years I've get, and that's what started me on this journey of really seeking the Lord the point with all that is my identity got hijacked from me. I'll try to use every book title that you have. <laughs> Stolen <laughs> identity and but that's what happened is yeah. it got hijacked from me um, because my people perished for a lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. I was perishing for a lack of understanding of how God see, saw me and what my value was. And so when you're ministering and as a pastor, my dad used to say, you know why pastors are pastors? You'll love this. Why dad? Why are pastors pastors? And he said, because it's an inside job. <laughs> and you don't have to, you know, it's an easy job, right? That's Boy, how, that's where I came from. Yeah, he, he definitely did, doesn't know who n- pastors negative. are. Negative. Or no, at least good ones. No, he <laughs> did We didn't, we didn't yeah. have great. But the point with all that is, is to say, when you come out of a dysfunctional situation, God never stopped pursuing me. Yeah. Never stopped pursuing me. Never yeah. stopped. Uh, and Absolutely. so when I stopped in my tracks and went, uh-oh, you know who was right there? My father was yeah. right there. Yeah. And he yeah. started speaking to me. And he yeah. started. He started drawing me out of the place that I was. He pulled me out of a, the muck and the mire. He set me on a solid rock. And even though I was born again, I had, was completely devoid of any type of, of real meaning. Yeah. Um, and so I say all that to say I know you've had a relatively interest. You've had a very interesting upbringing, but relatively similar experience in, in that you got yeah. transformed yeah. by Jesus and right. and. Um, and so when you had your encounter, when, when did you really get what you call turned on to the Lord? When did you get born again and really set out of where what your life looked
1: like? Well, I got born again at 7, okay, uh, 1965. Uh, but I, I failed in my Christianity for 15 years, total failure. Uh, and I love Jesus. I just wrote a new book uh, called Born Again, What Now? <laughs> and, and I got born again, but what now yeah. is the whole subject of the book that— no one helped me with the what now. You get born again, but you get stuck. Um, and I share testimonies of, of my setbacks, but my hunger for God. That's what was sad about my testimony is is I was so hungry for God, Jeff. Uh, time would fail us to to talk about my encounters with God, my hunger for God. But the lack of discipling just left me uh, in a, a vulnerable position for the enemy and the world to devour. And uh, I wish I could tell the story then make this statement. The statement would have more impact, but I'll just have to make the statement because of time constraints. Uh, I think discovering that my, my story was not as unique as I thought it was was a revelation. Your story, though it's real, though though it has significance, it it's 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 not as unique as perhaps you no, think. No, that's why we're doing uh, this. That's yeah. Right. That that all of us are, are stuck in sin. Um, and and need help. Let me just let me just try to condense it again. How did how did I go from I, I mean it, it just I have a hard time talking about it because I, I can't see that guy anymore. I can't see the guy in the in the Scotty's little bitty trailer uh, going nowhere fast, breathing someone else's air, no purpose, no drive. Tennis was all I had, and it had become a god because it got me out of poverty. Uh, basically. that that I mean, I can explain it. It doesn't justify it. You can explain something, yeah. but it doesn't justify it. But it had become a God because of deep poverty. It got me out of poverty. It got me an education, so it had become a God. But it was all I had, and even it had messed me up in the sense of my identity. Uh, so when I have this encounter in May of 1980, I have this open vision of the cross, and uh, I see Jesus, but I see something I've never heard to this day Uh, in vision form uh, that I had never been taught in church uh, that took me about a year of 10 to 12 hours in the Bible a day to unravel it. Mm -hmm. But basically, I just saw Jesus on the cross, but I saw me in him. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you even articulate that? And I saw it. I, I know that's Jesus, but that is me in him. And I saw like our sins, the Father, put our sins in his body And literally punish him for me as if he was me and and when he died i died and what i saw died i saw me buried with him i saw me raised with him but when he when he came out of the tomb i get this vision he's coming out of the tomb it's even a different jesus than the jesus i saw on the cross how do you explain that but the Bible does talk about the disciples mm-hmm. didn't even recognize him right. after his resurrection. He was sown in one form, reaped in another form. Right. He, he had a, a, a body that Mary provided for him, but his resurrection body goes through walls and, and on, well, you know, on and on it goes. Uh, and so this is a different Jesus, but there's a different me in him now than what I saw on the cross. Man, that's so right. I saw a new me in me. I saw an old me die, buried, raised. We ascended together, seated together, and then the in the vision, for the first time, I'm not inside of him. I'm on the outside. And he turns and looks at me and says, We will rule and reign forever together. Wow,
0: praise God. That's awesome. So
1: yeah. Man. That's so, so, awesome. so 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 I'm I'm shook. My whole world's upside down now. I mean, I'm bawling. I went three months I couldn't talk. Three months I could not communicate without crying. Just bawling. Uh, Sue, who is my wife now. Uh, was was the one that had witnessed to me, and it was in her living room. I had the vision, so I lost all my friends. I, 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 I my whole world was just devastated, and so I, 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 only had Sue, and and she was taking me to these Bible studies and to these. We went to an Episcopalian church that uh, did communion like I'd never seen or heard, and I couldn't take communion. I was just bawling, and Sue just hit me in my ribs and said, "You got to get your act <laughs> together." <laughs> I mean, I was a mess. So how do I unravel all these insecurities? How did I unravel all these complexes, all all of this mess? I mean, I've not heard a story yet, yours included, and I'm not like war stories. Let's compare stories and mine's, Hey, I got more scars than you, brother. Uh, I'm not talking like that, but I'm talking like I get it. I I was there, maybe in a different way. I think we've all are there at times. And so how did, how did I unravel it? Well, in the renewing of the mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2, your body's a living sacrifice. Most people have no idea what that is. I've got a book on that uh, and a chapter in a book on that. Uh, but then the renewing okay. of your mind isn't just um, knowledge and changing knowledge. That word renewing, it, it, it has in it the reconstruction, kind of like the stripping, and if you're going to renew a chair... You have to strip off mm-hmm. all the old. You have to strip it down. you got to sand it down. Then you paint it. And that's discipleship. And what happens, and I wish, you know, I, I'm so sorry for your viewers. You know, I wish I could, I wish I could come and say, hey, it happens overnight. You'll <laughs> no. just be transformed, dude, from a caterpillar <laughs> to a butterfly, and it's just a couple of weeks. It's a lifetime. It is. It's awesome. a lifetime of a stripping of that away, the taking of the old man off, and the putting on of the new man through the renewing of your mind, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. That in mind renewal, there's always a stripping away of that death, that mm-hmm. old. And, and you know, while that sounds like bad news because we're talking about a lifetime and we all wish we could change overnight, some things God does do sovereignly. He did a few things in me sovereignly that just, you know, my mouth. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even know I was cussing. This is why I'm so merciful to the world. They don't know they're cussing. They're, they're fish swimming in water. They don't yeah. know they're wet. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know I was cussing. Yeah. And Sue said, you had the, you know, all of a sudden it's gone. And I'm talking to Sue and she says, man, it's just amazing. You you had the most foul language of anybody I'd ever met. I did? I, 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 it Really, I, I did. So that was instant. And I mean, I've even in the pulpit not slipped up. praise god (laughs) that hit the news now i've gotten close (laughs) but that Um. was instant now why who can explain that this is the this is god this Mm -hmm. is why it's a relationship it's why it's personal it's why it's real. Mm-hmm. It it all the things that seem terrible almost like we wish it wasn't that way, it being that way is what makes this an adventure.
0: You know what's amazing about it too, though, he'll he'll use those past experiences. What you, you when you get redeemed from something, when you get set free from something, right? Yes. Just you just mentioned it. I have so much compassion for yes. the world because I've been yeah. I've been there and yeah. I understand. When when you have um when you have struggled with purpose or with Um, you know, for example, like I'll go back to my story. Like I really struggled with, with money. I mean, that was where my security was. I didn't struggle. I had an, I have an anointing from God. I I know I'm good at making money. That's, that's what, that's how, part of how He built me, uh, understanding deals and stuff. But, but the point of that is, is that he did it for a kingdom purpose because he's like, Hey, listen, give, and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will men given to your bosom. And I'm like, well, let's do that instead of what I was doing, right? Amen. Praise God. But what ends up happening is you do have a, a really strong compassion for people who are stuck in that mess. And literally, the whole point of this podcast is because I want to help people get set free. It's not this podcast that's going to set you free, it's the yeah. word of Jesus yeah. that's literally going to come it's alive. The goodness of God. It is absolutely who's pursuing you. The reason you're listening to this now is because there's a word in this for you. And as God, you know, kind of starts to reveal His identity inside of your heart, it is a lifelong process. But what's amazing is it gives you a continual opportunity for a fresh dependent on, dependence on Jesus. Yeah. It's not just being dependent on Jesus for salvation, and then what did you say earlier? It's it's uh, get born again, and then what now? Yeah, what now? Thank you. That's I mean, that's my story, right? It's not my story is not unique. It's it, it's just it's the fact that that a lot of these, the devil typically is pulling the string of condemnation that that's kind of his, right. his tool. Right. And so all of these stories of people that give us feedback from listening and say, man, that really encouraged me to take the next step, do the next thing. That's all this is, is an encouragement for right. what now is start walking with Jesus, right? The God will be uh, uh, a lamp unto your feet and a guide unto your path, right? Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and, and a guide into the path, right? Is that how it goes? I probably messed that up, but, um, uh, don't quote scripture in front of let, a preacher. Lamp under okay? my feet Thank and you. a light under just, my Just, just let him do it. All right, you're there. But the point is, is like it's one step at a time. Yes. It's moving forward one yes. step at a time. Yeah. And some of the stuff you're going to be completely set yeah. free from. Praise God. And other stuff, it's going to be, a, it's yeah. going to be like, Lord, I have to walk this out with you. Yeah. Um. But through that process, you know, Andrew always says this. Uh, he says, you know, you'll become walking with Jesus will make you more of who you want to be on accident than you ever was exactly able to do right. on purpose. And that's, that's been exactly my right. story. You get yeah. up. And and you're doing it day after day, not in a religious way, but in a pursuit way. And it's like you just overcome.
1: I've I've my newest book, uh, uh, shameless plug here. Uh, my newest book, Rhythms of Grace. That's exactly mm. what that book is about: is how to how to live life from a position of peace and rest, Amen. versus a a a life trying to get to peace and to find rest. Uh, just that rhythm of Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come unto the Lord. Take his yoke upon you. Learn of him. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You'll find rest for mm-hmm. your souls. Um, we 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 have to understand that that is a daily commitment to walking with Jesus. Uh, you, you're never going to make it being religious. You're never going to make it going to church on the weekend, checking in for an hour, hour and a half. Uh, it has to become a lifestyle, a rhythm yeah. of his grace. Yeah. And the reason that we have impact, if we ever do, is not because we have knowledge. It's because we have experiential knowledge. See, what makes you good and connecting to these businessmen is when you share your story, there was the stripping away, and then there was the now renewing of your mind in the sense of taking the old away, replacing it now with the new. Uh, Many times we just want the new and we want it now, but we don't want any stripping away. And that's where that living sacrifice comes in, our bodies, even a living sacrifice. We have to daily learn to develop just a rhythm of grace of relationship with the Lord. And it just becomes second nature.
0: It's so good because uh, when you're talking about rhythms of grace, it's really unpacking that and start to understand um, that that the process of like Jesus talks about new wine and new wine skins, right? It's it's that process of putting old wine or new wine in old wine skins and it's like it it bursts it can't you you can't take you, you, you you've got to change the wineskin and yeah. we're and our body the living sacrifice is changing into a new wineskin bring that bring that new wine and put it in my new wineskin yeah and it's it's such a beautiful picture it's such a it's such a vivid picture of how he does that and i just yeah. it's just an amazing story well and, the, story and, the, and the, how did he re- how did
1: he renew the old wineskins
0: with oil mm-hmm.
1: They, pour, they, they would get dry and flaky and crack, and they would just pour oil on them and rub the oil in them. I did not know that. And work it, pour more oil on it, work it, and now it becomes a new wineskin again. So God is, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, just being real, not religious, but being real with your relationships, with your interaction and in your community and your business. There's an oil there mm. that is renewing you Day yeah. by day, it's it's stripping the old away by applying the new.
0: See, I thought you had to go get a new. Like I thought you had to go no, har- you... harvest a new cow bladder. Or something.
1: <laughs> go well, the, sometimes it's <laughs> that way. The old is so bad it has to be exactly. discarded. Uh, but God renews us. Amen. It's the renew. Your your outer man is perishing, but your inward man is renewed. Yeah. Day by day, Second no, no, no. Corinthians four sixteen. Well, how's it being renewed? God is taking the anointing of the Holy Spirit, again, not being weird, not being goofy, being real, uh, loving Jesus and loving people causes that anointing to flow. Yeah, that's right. As long as you get up every day and your rhythm is, God, I love you, and I'm going to love people today with your love, that anointing starts flowing. Yeah, it's
0: good. Yeah, it's funny because... You know, when I first heard of, and someday, I'm going to I'm gonna have somebody come and minister specifically on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we haven't done that. And a lot of my listeners and, and people that have known me from the past are like, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I grew up in a super reformed um, uh, community where, you know, basically everyone thought we had completely lost it. Um, right. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is is. Is, is biblical. I mean, you know, John the Baptist came and he said, listen, I baptize with the baptism of repentance, but the one that comes after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. When I read that, I'm like, I want whatever that fire is. I don't have that. That's what I want. But yeah. it, but really, yeah. if you're trying to renew your mind day by day yeah. in the flesh, it's just another thing to try hard at. Yeah, And it, you and just it, fall short religion. of it. It, it really is. Religion. And so And we'll unpack that, you know, at another time. And Um, I've
1: actually got—I wish I could make that available to your listeners somehow. But in that Born Again What Now, I have an an entire chapter on the elementary principles of Christ out of uh, Hebrews chapter six, and one of the six elementary principles, basics of the Christian faith, is baptisms, plural. And I break that down with uh, how that when you get born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into into the body of Christ. Yes, uh, The Holy Spirit is the baptizer, you're the baptizee, and you're baptized into the body. But then what John says is that Jesus will baptize you mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit. That's a different baptism. That's right. Jesus becomes the baptizer, uh, you become the baptizee with what? The Holy Spirit. And so then I take a whole chapter in that book on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what happens? And, and what is this tongues thing yeah. all about that's such a mystery? Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Your, your your business community needs a teaching on that and Amen. help on that for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll link that in this podcast. So um, when you're watching this, there's a link here uh, that you can link directly to the to this book because it's powerful. And you know, one of the ways I've heard it described is, <clears throat> like I'm drinking this bottle of water, and when I get the Holy Spirit, when I get born again, the Holy Spirit, it's like drinking a bottle of water, the Holy Spirit is in me being baptized in the holy spirit is like jumping into a swimming pool it's That's two right. completely different experiences right. it's and it's and it's really well, it's powerful. the baptism
1: with uh, it, it's the baptism in the holy spirit within a well jesus said in john chapter 4 you come to me and drink you'll never be thirsty, thirsty again right. i'll put a well in you springing up into mm-hmm. everlasting life a well but then mm-hmm. when in john chapter 7 same same gospel writer talking about the holy spirit he says out of your belly shall flow rivers universe, yeah Of living water Uh, coming out of you will flow rivers. There's a difference between a well, a well is for you personally, Mm. but a river. We don't build power plants by wells. We build power plants by rivers. And so the Holy Spirit and the need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't for you. The gifts aren't for you. They're for others. Mm. Uh, So there's the difference in the Holy Spirit within a well and the Holy Spirit upon the
0: baptism man it, listen if you're listening to this and this is this is bucking up against some of the some of the things that you've been taught in the past and your your religiosity is going mm, i don't like this yeah. um but you're also being stirred by the genuineness of you know this podcast and certainly pastor Dwayne. you know my my um my encouragement to you would be to pray on that and realize that like we're not trying to i'm not trying to sell you something i'm not i'm trying to to testify to God's goodness in my life and give an account for what's happened to me. And then I went back to the Bible and all the things that have happened to me are biblical. Yeah. And, and what kept me far from Jesus that I was on the cul-de-sac of life, just driving around in a giant cul-de-sac. And when the, when the Holy Spirit, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit entered my life, it was like a bridge out of the cul-de-sac into a totally different place. It was finally like the off ramp that I was looking for to take me on a journey that that I'm I wake up every day and I'm like I am so excited for today. And that's so different than my life was. I'm just what's yeah. new? God, where are we yeah. going to do what where are we going to go today? Absolutely. What's going to happen? And it it just it gives you this uh this supernatural purpose and excitement to be able to go out and, and, and do the thing God's calling you to do. So uh, so if you're if you're if you're even struggling through this, this would be my ask of you, okay? You've invested this much time into this podcast, this would be my ask. Order the book or listen to one of your teachings online specifically about Born Again, Now What? Because if you're watching this, there's a very good chance that you're either seeking after what God has next for you in your life or you're seeking after um, some sort of, of um, pressure release valve of, of, of what you've gotten yourself into probably in the business realm. And I'm telling you that there's a way out for this. And God, the reason you're watching this is God's pursuing you. And he's speaking to you right now with the Holy Spirit. And he wants to recall you deeper and further. And so um, we're going to hit a couple more things here. But but my 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 heart for you is to just scratch at the surface of that and watch God show up. He'll show up and he'll blow your socks off. It's yeah. really good,
1: right? I, yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate what you said. We're not trying to sell you on anything. You know, a, a good... Understanding of salesmanship and successful sale, sell, selling of something is uh, you're always told, don't try to sell something you don't believe in. That's right. Uh, and if you believe in it, the product will sell itself. Yeah. And Amen. that's the way the Holy Spirit is. Uh, we're so passionate about the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to sell the Holy Spirit. Uh, it'll sell itself. Yeah, the fruit. Right? It'll fruit itself. There. I guarantee Amen. you, everybody watching, they're going to have a reaction. They're either gonna hmm and be drawn, or they're going to have to physically to the Holy Spirit go no yeah. There won't be any inaction. It's like when Jesus shows up. There's either a revival or a riot. It's totally <laughs> I mean, there's no indifference. <laughs> Nobody left Jesus's meetings going that was a, a good speech. <laughs> yes, yeah, a decent no, sermon. They either wanted to give their life down and lay their life down for him, or lay his down. <laughs> So that's how God works in our He articulated
0: lives. Isaiah quite well. I, I, you know, like they want to kill That
1: was an excellent <laughs> expose on Isaiah. So uh,
0: <laughs> the last thing I would love to hit today, and 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 uh, and I don't want to have a huge pivot here, but um, the last time I heard you speaking, um, you talked about offense, and yes. oh my goodness, yes. you said the one that jumps out at me, and I think you have you had three uh, points. But you hit assumed offense, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, imaginary offense!" Yeah, because man, the amount of times that as a recovering recovering people pleaser (laughs) can fall into absolutely, I think this is happening because of that, and so and it's like you start to mound up this offense, and it's like nine times out of ten, yeah.
1: Uh, at least. It wasn't even there. Yeah. No, I, uh, uh, Jeff, I, if, I wish we could spend hours honestly. I, I would. I, I speak on this anytime I'm asked, regardless, mm-hmm. because I think it's the number one hindrance in the church uh, to the kingdom and the expansion of the kingdom and to the Third Great Awakening. Oh, I believe God has spoken appreciate. to me about a Third Great Awakening. Amen. Uh, and in the business community, I honestly do not believe you can be successful— uh, and fruitful. I, it's impossible if you take offense. And, you know, I've been around the church my whole life, uh, pastored and ministered. I'm not a formal pastor right now. I'm actually uh, an apostolic teacher. Um, but I've, I've seen offense ruin more people's purpose and destiny than anything you can name. I've seen people get derailed over adultery. Any pastor, I pastored for over over 40 years, uh, so you deal with affairs. You, 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 there's nothing I haven't dealt with, yeah, actually, know, when yeah. you're in ministry that long and you have any kind of connectivity with people. that I would be excited to be surprised with a new sin, <laughs> uh, a new problem. And I'm not trying to say I'm a know-it-all. I'm trying to say I've heard it all. Yeah, I don't I know it all, but I've heard it all. Uh, And yet I could honestly look you in the eye and every business person especially that's watching and tell you, you could take all the sins I've watched, knock people out of church, knock them out of their careers, ruin their destinies, and and stack them up, and they would not be as many as offense. Mm -hmm offense has destroyed more people's destiny, destroyed more marriages, destroyed more businesses than any other sin you can name. And it, I think, is because we've not known how to deal with it. We've not recognized it. We've embraced it. We've cuddled it, coddled it, Mm -hmm. it, made excuses for it, and not realized the deadliness of it. And that's what you heard. Uh, Again, I have a book Uh, and it's right now one of my still bestsellers, Erasing Offense. Uh, And I break down offenses, and that's what you heard. Uh, Offense unresolved leads to a form of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness unresolved gives Satan place, 2 Corinthians 2.11. And unforgiveness unresolved goes to Hebrews 13, a root of bitterness. So there's a process that Satan ensnares people. Just like there's a process usually to our deliverance, many times uh, we see instant change, like me not cussing was instant. But other things, my good, it took, took a couple of decades to get that yeah. old cloth, old man off of me. Um, offense I- is that way. Uh, and so you've got, you've got imaginary offense, but see, Satan doesn't care if it's imaginary offense or actual it doesn't offense. Matter. He'll clean your clock. He's doing the same thing. So you sit around and you think someone's offended at you and no one's taught you even how to process that. I think we're gonna see businesses have workshops in the future on on how a conflict resolution. Uh, uh, encounter. How do you how do you how do you in a godly way deal with Imaginary offense, accidental offense, or actual offense. Because, again, the devil doesn't care which three that is. He'll 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 destroy your life. He'll gain access through that. Right. So mine was imaginary too. I don't know if I had this people, people-pleaser spirit you had. I, I've never diagnosed that or recognized it to that degree. I knew I, I had some of that. I don't think it was my main stronghold, but I had some of it. Uh, and you, you, you tend to, even when you get delivered from that, if you have a good heart and you really do care about people, you do care if you've offended them. Exactly. It does bother you. So you have to deal with imaginary, how you deal with that. That takes too long to go into. But then accidental. My goodness, in marriage especially, we accidentally offend one another all the time. You just you didn't mean to say that that way. It, uh, it didn't come out right. Sue and I have been married so long now and love each other so much. We have fun. When I mess up, she loves it. I mean, instead of getting offended, yeah. you know, and bothering her, she just points it right back at me and just loves it. Yeah. Uh, she likes to see me mess up because <laughs> I don't want to mess up, and I'm not going to mess up, and when I do, I fess up. So the, the imaginary, uh, you got to deal with that. Again, the accidental, it's kind of like sins. i would never heard anybody talk about three categories of sins. Uh, trespasses, sin, and iniquities. Why does the Bible separate those? Why didn't it just say sin? Why, why does it talk about iniquities instead of calling those trespasses? Because a, a, a trespass, like in the natural, you know, I like to hunt, and I've wound up on someone's property and got called on it and apologized to them. I didn't know. I didn't see the sign. I, I have encroached uh, an encroachment in football. Uh, I didn't intend on doing it. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. I crossed the line, like yeah. in football. And in football, there's there's this is my side yeah. and my property, and from where the ball is, this is your side, the defense and your property. And when you jump over that line, that's not called a sin or an iniquity. It's a trespass. Yes, it's encroachment. You didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. You 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 still have consequences. But if you did that on purpose, you you would be kicked off the team in time. So there's a difference. Yeah. And so you have to learn in offense. Paul said in Acts 26, he said, I exercise myself. I work at this mm-hmm. to keep a conscience void of offense toward God and man.
0: Well, man, you, you said a mouthful on those.
1: Yeah. So in the business community, you can you can have a, a, a deal go bad that could put you in a place of bankruptcy. Good, good men and women have... Have had situations happen that put them in a, in that kind of a, a stress, and if you're not careful, you blame God. You're yeah. offended at God, and man, you talk about Satan cleaning your clock. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. So, it really is powerful to deal with offense.
0: Yeah, and there's there's really, and this is how I, I do a litmus test on offense. Offense. If I have a if I have a religious perspective, on, and this is going to push back on some of you guys. Religious, re- religious thinking, and I, I'm not going to apologize for it. But if you feel like God is sovereignly controlling things, then when there's a major incident, what happens is I'm offended, I'm upset, I'm mad at God because of X, Y, Z, and, and God, yeah. that's not that wasn't God's fault. That was, no. I was living in the fallen to world, do with it. right? That's one area. When it comes to a- offense, how I always find myself, this is this is where I have like an alarm that goes off, is when I'm trying to bring my wife into it and i'm like this was said to me this way and i think this could be the because of that cuz and i'm like i'm for i'm like i've diagrammed 14 ways on how i can be how this all came around to me yeah. and i'm yeah. like if i'm wrong at step 1 then all of this is completely wasted time effort and resources honestly and i and i start realizing that i'm trying to bring her into something and i'm like now i'm trying to now she's going to yeah. be offended and i'm like yeah. so yeah. I learned that uh, years ago, I started seeing that pattern of like, instead of dealing with this, I'm, I'm bringing this up. And, and so when I heard you teach on this, it really put a nail in the coffin of realizing like, this is where the strongholds come in because I'm giving way to offense and yeah. then it's becoming yeah. a stronghold. And I just think it's really powerful. Well,
1: yeah, it's borrowed offense. A lot of people are offended. I've tried to help people that are offended. Where'd <laughs> the offense come from? Well, what? it's what my son-in-law yeah. did to my daughter. Mm. Oh, and so you borrowed an offense, they've reconciled. They're they're over it. They're good, and you're still carrying a borrowed offense. In in an offense, there's a process, uh, and I know it well because I used to be so offended, and now I'm so free I can process it <laughs> yeah, so easily. It but I would nurse it. You what you just nurse, cuddle and coddle. Oh yeah, uh, what they did to you or what they said. Then you rehearse it. Mm-hmm. You go over it and over it. But here's where we get in trouble with God. Uh, Luke chapter 17, woe unto him, uh, that is not only offended, but offends one of these little ones. We nurse it, we rehearse it, but then we disperse it. That's when it becomes sin. That's when it becomes not only deadly for you, we're damaging other people, and the Lord just refuses to allow us to do that without without confronting us lovingly over it. And that's what Jesus was doing in Luke chapter 17, uh and in Matthew five. Look, if your if your brother offends you, I love this scripture. I guarantee you, if there's if there's five people watching, I don't care if there's <laughs> fifty thousand, I'd love to hear from the five. Uh I it's hard to find five people that'll do this right out of the Bible. Jesus said, If your brother offends you, go to him and him alone. That's right. Now, how many people do you know, honestly, those of you that are watching, how many people do you know that when there's an offense created, they go to them and them alone? No, they want to go to their wife. They want to go to other co-workers. This is how Satan creates all the strife and the contention and, and destroys churches, businesses, is through us not living out biblical, practical, godly uh, disciplines. That if you was to offend me right now, which it... It can't happen, but if it could happen, because great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing's going to offend me, (laughs) Psalms 119, 165, but let's say something bothered me, and you offended me. I'm either supposed to deal with it in my closet, which is God's best, to love you and to let it go, but what if I can't let it go? I'm supposed to come to you. That's right. I'm supposed to come to you, and people don't even know how to do that. I'm not supposed to come to you either in a bad attitude with, you offended me, and you were wrong, and I thought you were a Christian.
0: Yeah, no, I've heard it. <laughs> that's the 100%. last
1: thing. Yeah. That, that's not God. God would be more, Jeff, we were in the interview, and man, it could just be me. But you said something, and it bothered me. Did you mean that about my wife, that comment you made? Uh, and I guarantee you, 99 out of 100 times, Jeff's going to go, what? Well, yeah, oh, no, my God, yeah. I'm so sorry. I did not intend that at all. Now, what if I hadn't to came to you, but I'd have went to Joe and Bill and George, yeah. and said he doesn't like my wife, and that comment he made about my wife, I'm creating unnecessary pain, offense in their hearts. Now they're mad at you for treating
0: Pastor Dwayne that way, and it's it's just it's like terrible. you said, and 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 the and the, the our the enemy doesn't care how the fence gets made. It's like listen, as long mm. as these guys are squabbling and That's circling right. the drain. strife
1: and envy. Every I, we're more. good. That's right. Yeah. And so
0: I'll, we'll just the church right now, and I, I do believe that there is a third great awakening that's happening right now, and I do believe that it's happening uh, in in almost every mountain of influence. I, I really do believe that. Absolutely. But I feel like there is an awakening. We said this at the very beginning in the business mountain, where you know back in the day it was called a sacred secular split. You know, I don't know if you remember that term from like the early two thousands or whatever. Yeah. But that is that is now. Um, at the forefront of Christian business that God is called, the, the the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. That wealth is in the business mountain and it needs to be uncorked and, and tapped and sent into the other mountains of influence. Right. Uh, I know we're in a teaching that you guys probably aren't following necessarily, but um, but the business mountain where, where we are is in, in, in super important right now with A, the woke culture and B, your ability to fulfill God's purpose in your life by uh, operating um, with a kingdom perspective to be able to, to give and to be able to sow and to be able to employ and all these amazing things. Uh, the quickest way to derail from that, like Pastor James was saying, is to get offense. That's right. And then uh, we're we're in the weeds, right? A lot of your churches probably sound like this: that hey, man, there's a lot of this going on. I've I've had it, I've, and 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 if you've had it coming against you. Uh, the best the best um advice i can give you is to let the holy spirit be your defense because he without fail people will say mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like the Dwayne i know like okay hey i appreciate you bringing that to me but but hey i'm i'm going to i'm going to let i'm going to go ahead and discern this out on my own the holy spirit will be your defense in that if 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 someone's got offense against you and that's and that's really good i you and I could probably do this for hours. And I, I, I didn't even know where to jump in today yeah, uh, when yeah. we started talking because there's so much um, that I think is applicable. One thing that's fun for our, our audience is that most of people that have come on have really given their experience, their testimony, and and then you know kind of uh, explained like how their call and purpose came together. And today, I just appreciate... You so much being able just to minister to specific things. Are we out of time? We are, we are landing the plane unless you've got something uh, else I that just, you want well, to hit Well, I just
1: want to encourage everyone, too, that the big hurdle in resolving offense is people's misunderstanding of forgiveness. Mm. Uh, and one of the things I've done in erasing offense is teach you how simple forgiving people is. I don't care how bad they've treated you. And in the business community, there are some things done sometimes that people just feel like, I can't forgive. And and that's what Satan wants. And you can forgive. And you need to learn how simple forgiveness is, how that forgiveness is not trust. Because in the business community, you, you may be done wrong by another even business part of the community, and you may not be able to trust them, but you can forgive them. And so I... I, I Separate forget. trust from forgiveness, forgetting from forgiveness. All the things we've been told about forgiveness, and make it simple. There is hope to be free from this.
0: Amen, and that's so true. And and listen, I, I was sharing with Pastor Dwayne before we got on that he, when I first heard him speak, um, you know, you're you're, and I say this, uh, it, it's this is endearing. So take this well. Don't take okay. off me. I Don't promise. Take <laughs> You're different,
1: yeah,
0: in a good way. I, I and and I and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. But your heart uh, was on full display when you taught, and I loved your accent. I loved how endearing you were. I loved, but man, you brought it. And you have a, an incredible uh, revelation, and and you are really uh, a blessing to the body. And so, well, thank, thank you me. for being obedient in God's call in your life. And and even now, being in a place where I mean, you're getting after it, and you're doing amazing things. And so. Um, guys, uh, Pastor Dwayne is a treasure, and and I I would really encourage you um, to look at and truly really get some of his stuff. I don't know if they're all going to be downloadable uh, audio books or actually just physical books. Uh, I know at uh, Karis Bible College you speak all the time. You're a big part of like the conferences that they do. Um, if you can make it up to Woodland Park for one of those, it's amazing. That's where my my uh, encounter with Jesus really happened um, in, in the business realm. But we'll put a bunch of stuff in when we. You know, promote this podcast. We'll put a bunch of stuff in there for you guys to be able to to link to his books and his resources. Um, he is a blessing. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It was my my privilege and pleasure. Well, I, I appreciate it, um, guys. Built for a purpose. We're here to try to support and and, and build you up uh, on your journey to to really understand what God's call and purpose is on your life. So we love you. We're praying for you guys. We're excited about what God's doing. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Built for a Purpose podcast.